Welcome in to Two for One Drafts live on YouTube and Twitter. Also, if you're listening in the audio version today, we're going to look at the 2021 NFL Mock Draft, the final 2021 NFL Mock Draft. Also going to take a look at the Orlando Brown Jr. trade. We didn't talk about that on the Monday episode. And elephant, and also some of the injury red flags that came up. Aziz Ojulari, Terrace Marshall Jr., some stuff came up there. Caleb Farley also just got diagnosed with COVID-19. We'll be spending, I think, the NFL Draft at home. Um, and the elephant in the room here, if you're watching live on YouTube or on Twitter, Big shout out Campbell. to podcast listener William Filippi sent us a bunch of gear from uh, Campbell University because you had that story. <laughs> you had that story. You guys remember the story? The, we don't have to talk about it. Okay, anymore. we don't have to talk about it because yeah. uh, you had that story where you. I mean, the bottom line is you hooked up this chick who went to Campbell University, and then the story itself is very good. Go back to listen to a previous episode. That's funny. Guy said, "Hey, I go to Campbell. You want this helmet?" I was like, "Absolutely, let's go!" So big I'm shout big out to Campbell William Filippi. Yeah. And I'll say this. Other podcast listeners, if you have something as cool as Campbell gear, Campbell Camel gear, please shoot me a DM. Happy we're to interested. dress up the pot. If it's medical grade smelling salts too, we'll do that. Yeah, as well. if you sell those, we're interested also. We're we but are looking for a smelling salt sponsor yesterday. It's signed by Mike Minter, former Panthers great safety. He's the oh, head wow. coach now at Campbell. So Dude, that's sick. Yeah. I kinda like the orange a lot. Might have to rock the polo this weekend, throw some dye around. Just kidding. The NFL drafts this weekend. Um, Ooh, let's yeah. go ahead and start with the Orlando Brown Jr. trade. So Chiefs trade for OBJ. They get Orlando Brown Jr., a 2021 second round pick, which comes out to be the number fifty eight overall pick, and then a twenty twenty two sixth round pick. In return, Baltimore gets the number thirty one overall pick from the Kansas City Chiefs, the first rounder. They also get the number ninety four overall pick in twenty twenty one, third rounder, the number one hundred and thirty six overall pick, a fourth rounder in this year's draft, and then a twenty twenty two fifth round pick. That's a lot. That's a lot of things to say. In a in a nutshell, they move up from fifty eight to thirty one, have a twenty twenty two fifth and sixth round pick swap where they get the better pick. And get a fourth round pick, number 136, in return. From the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart and what the Kansas City Chiefs said after the trade, they felt like they gave up, well, in total, all that they gave up, a 45th overall pick in return for Orlando Brown Jr. While the Baltimore Ravens, if you look at what PFF sees, you know, PFF sees the, what they got in return as a 27th overall pick. That was my Apple Watch. Oh, nice. Um, yes. So obviously, we're going to value later picks more than the Jimmy Johnson value chart. Like the second and third rounders we think are undervalued in that. And, and so like yeah, you gave up base so basically in our eyes, gave up the twenty seventh overall pick for Orlando Brown. And, and now a few things to unpack here. One, Orlando Brown's coming from a scheme in Baltimore that we've talked about when he first requested a trade that is about as favorable to pass protection as it gets in the NFL. One, just what Greg Roman does there from a passing play action perspective and two from the fact that no one can really rush Lamar Jackson. You, you have to contain rush against Lamar Jackson because you cannot let him break the pocket. So you do not have to face a full complement of moves from a pass rusher. Now Mahomes has some of that too. Some teams will choose to not uh, necessarily to try to keep him in the pocket as much as possible, but no one does so more than Lamar Jackson. No one forces their hand from defenders more so Lamar Jackson. So it's just not going to be like he had last year. 77.8 pass blocking grade, 73.5 run blocking grade. Solid numbers, but I think you may see a step back from him this upcoming season just because of that. Yeah, I do think that. I mean, the world's pass protection gets a lot harder when you're not pass protecting for Lamar Jackson. You could see not necessarily. So some, I'm not saying he's going to bust in Kansas City. He's not going to live up to expectation, but I do think that. 
it's a different game. It's a different game when you are pass protecting for pass from Holmes versus when you're pass protecting for Lamar Jackson for all the stuff that you just said. Mm-hmm. You can't rush Lamar Jackson the same way you can rush other quarterbacks in this league because you can't afford to break contain. You can't get aggressive with the moves you choose on the outside, the inside, and so forth. All right, you want to move to the well, – uh, Just two more things here about this Chiefs strategy. Mm-hmm. Now, two things to be true here. They're a much better team this upcoming season because of this trade. Orlando Brown is going to be better, not, not necessarily going to be better, is a much safer bet to be good this upcoming season than whoever, whichever tackle you're going to pick at 31 overall. That, I don't think that's even a debate. But then you got to pay him. And the floor now, after you make a deal like this, the floor is the franchise tag because he has all the leverage. Yeah. That, that is the floor for his bargaining. So his bargaining floor is in the $18, $19 million a year range at the position, which is just they – they already have the most guys in the NFL making over $14 million plus per year. They're about to add another in Orlando Brown. That's just a scary sort of top-heavy roster building that is for now where I'm just curious to see what this team's going to look like three or four years from now. They got a hit in the draft, too. Yeah. I know that obviously they don't have the number 31 overall pick, but you got to start getting some young talent. Like You have to have guys on rookie contracts that are contributing as starters. You don't see a yeah. ton of that right now. That was you can't say, afford you got, to miss on picks. Man. you got eight guys that are good that you know, spent $14 million a year. You need 14 others. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, need 14, you need to fill out that roster. So. What's wild, too, and I was looking at you know, Sportsbook, because you also saw that Antonio Brown re-signed with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a stat that's been thrown around a ton, is that you know, they returned all 22 starters. I think it's like top 16 uh, top 16 players on their team in terms of total snap counts played last year, all coming back in 2022 or 2020. Yeah, 2021. But Kansas City Chiefs are still the favorite to win the Super Bowl, and that's because of Patrick Mahomes. You know, yeah. at plus 500 to win the Super Bowl in 2021, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at plus 750. Like, this is a team built to win the Super Bowl, and they know that. Like, you have to have some levels of self awareness. You know, I talk, I tweeted out my take about the Las Vegas Raiders that, you know, potentially trading up, being my surprise candidate outside of the obvious four candidates and Denver, New England, Washington, Chicago to trade up for a quarterback because the awareness of it is is that Las Vegas is in no way, shape, or form in a window. You know, they are not even close to being competitive in the AFC, a bottom three, bottom five team in the AFC in terms of making the postseason, according to Las Vegas. Like, they are not considered, from a power ranking perspective, one of the top teams. They aren't in a window. So looking to trade back, looking to find opportunities to get better quarterback position would be smart. Right now, Kansas City has the best quarterback in the NFL. And they're going to have the best quarterback in the NFL for probably the next few years at least. If not for beyond that, trying to win with him right now mm-hmm. is obviously the priority. All right, let's jump now to the, the red flag stuff that's come up, the medical yeah. red flags out of the combine medical checks. You're hearing or seeing that Caleb Farley um, obviously coming – Back has, surgery. Yeah, back, two back surgeries I think in the last year and then also just got tested positive for COVID-19. Dude, can't catch a break, man. Dude, <laughs> My God, talk about a draft. Now, it's not – an all-timer. We've seen small timers in the, you know, Lyle Collins uh, or even, you know, Larry Tunsil on draft day. But this is a bad fall. This is not. This is not what you want to happen in the spring leading up to your draft. No. Uh, COVID right now, man. Just like again, kind of cherry on top of a bad spring for him. But then you're also here seeing that Azizo Jolari, the Georgia edge defender, potentially maybe falling outside the first round, has some quote unquote degenerative knee stuff or what's going on? Degenerative lower leg, which. That almost 1,000% means knee. Now, what is that? Is he not having any cartilage? Is that like Jadavian Clowney needing microfracture surgery before he plays it down in the NFL? And we've obviously seen how that's impacted him and his ability to get any long-term deal because no one wants to be the team that his knee just like goes on. Um, that's very concerning. Obviously, we need more information, but that I would not draft a guy with a degenerative knee issue in the first round is all I'll say, even if... This tape's good, like Ojolari, but it's it's 
that's just those are scary that those can lead to guys just not playing for you the other player that had some injury stuff come up was Terrace Marshall Jr. of LSU do you think he ultimately falls out of his first round now <sighs> yeah especially for the wide receiver position they Daniel Jeremiah reported this multiple injuries throughout high school and college were flagged at the combine never a great thing Yikes. How, so, what, what comes up at the combine medical check that you have high school injuries I, I mean stuff does sometimes doesn't like heal properly like I know I got like a thumb that's still fucked up and I made quad I got a hole in Let's and see it's it. like you want to see the quad, hole that quad has a hole in it I got a hole in my quad yeah what does that mean I mean, like, I tore my quad, and it just never grew back in one spot. Uh, so that would probably get flagged if I had a hole in my quad. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I just looked on the Twitter live stream. Remember, you can follow us live on YouTube or Twitter here. My hair is an absolute disaster. Mm, it looks like kind a little, of uh, ridiculous. I don't know on. what's happening here. Uh, someone needs help. And it goes up to someone, the, someone needs help, and one, it's me. One someone needs help, and it's me. Someone needs help, and it's me. All right, you ready to get into your last? One more guy. One more guy. Rashawn Slater. This one's big. Okay. Apparently, flagged for a back at the oh wow that that one obviously again these are just like rumors whispers but they don't come out of nowhere uh there probably is something we don't know what it is though but that is just worth noting in case you know he starts falling come thursday night man you hate to see that you hate yeah. to see that are you ready to get into your final 2021 nfl mock draft let's do it dude. this Fuck. is a predictive mock draft based on Long what you're hearing coming. what you're seeing this is what you think will happen in the 2021 NFL draft. I know all draft season you've done mocks that are what you would do, which I think is a better exercise early in the process when you don't have connections to the league and those types of things. But now that betting markets are somewhat solidified, you're hearing more reports now that team, you know, you know, reporters are getting closer to the league, this is what you think ultimately happens in 2021 NFL draft. We're going to skip past the first two picks. Jacksonville Jaguars taking quarterback Trevor Lawrence of Clemson at number one. And then at number two, New York Jets take quarterback Zach Wilson of BYU. Do you think of, of, of these two teams, which one regrets it more? Is there a single team, or is it just they? Oh, which ends up regretting? Yeah, it? yeah. I hate putting that on. I don't think either of them end up regretting. That's fair. I mean, I'm just go. trying to have a conversation. Definitely about not the, first. the Jaguars. Yeah, it's the Jaguars are like the. I mean, it's like the Bengals last year, where if you went Herbert or Tua, you were overthinking it. Yeah, like you were just you were not making the best decision with the sort of information you had on hand. Now, it doesn't mean Herbert can't be better in the future. He very well may. As a rookie, great at a hire. But it means that with the information at hand, you would regret it way more if you went elsewhere and it, turned, and it blew up in your face. Mm-hmm. So like this one, everyone's saying Trevor Lawrence, if you try to outsmart him and say, ooh, Zach Wilson in the high end, or ooh, Trey Lance, what could he be? That has the higher regret ceiling. I don't like talking about ceiling, but that's the higher regret ceiling. You had to bring up Herbert versus Tua. You know the people on this podcast are upset with the takes you have there. It's one... It's one. We're one year in, guys. One year in. Just chill. One year in. I just wanted to find an interesting way to talk about these first two picks because I feel like they've been locked in for the better part of the month, you know, month plus, maybe even like six weeks. It's been Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, and then New York, Zach Wilson. What you have at three is very interesting. You have San Francisco 49ers obviously trading up to three. It is right now the glaring favorite. It's going to be Mac Jones. According to betting markets, Mac Jones is minus 400 to go to the San Francisco 49ers at number three overall. Trey Lance is plus 400, Justin Fields is plus 500, and then every other player is like a freaking pipe dream. So it's one of those three, but if it's obvious right now that the glaring favorite is Mac Jones. I would not place a bet on Mac Jones at minus 400. I'd probably lean in the Trey Lance direction, but you have the San Francisco 49ers taking Trey Lance, I do. North Dakota State, at number three. Going against, you should probably put some money down if you think this is going to happen. Hey, betting's illegal in Ohio. Don't pay for that. Sorry. And illegal in our hearts. It's legal in my heart, oh. but it's just... We fucking bureaucrats. Uh, get started. 
<laughs> I don't really care. Um, but Trey Lance, <laughs> to me, I wrote here, it feels like an NBA draft pick. Because you draft guys in the NBA after their freshman year of college now, and you've seen them for 30 co- college games. Maybe they weren't even like starters, but they got physical tools for days. And guys develop. Like we've seen them for a redshirt freshman year. And it was good. It was really good. I mean, he had, I think he graded in the high 80s, only four turnover where they plays all year long. And I think that's the biggest thing is just his ability to protect the football combined with you know, the way he sees the game, the processing ability with a cannon and running ability. It's just what could he be? He could be the best quarterback in this class. I don't think Mac Jones could be. Like, he's very good. I don't think he's ever going to – like, one of these guys will hit and be better than Mac Jones. That could be Trey Lance. That's why, I, that's why I think like you buy, you buy into the high end because of that. I do think that the more we've looked at this, and honestly, the media hasn't covered this enough, don't you think? I don't think anyone's really talking about the 49ers' number three overall pick. I haven't heard anything about it. But no, the more we've, covered, should look into this. The more we've covered this and talked about it, I do think, based off the reports you heard from ESPN's Adam Schefter, Lance Zierlein of The Athletic, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Media, like all, 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 all this stuff is like that. It was initially Mac Jones. Yeah, it was initially it was Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. It was the San Francisco 49ers made this trade initially for Mac Jones. I think through this process, and you hear about Trey Lance, who's like fantastic on the whiteboard, really smart player, all these types of things. Like talking to his coaches, talking to Trey Lance. I think he started to enter the conversation, and that's when you saw the report. I don't know. I think it was Peter King or someone else that said it's a two horse race between Trey Lance and Mac Jones. But Mac Jones is the favorite. He was the lead dog out of the gate. And I think it ultimately is going to be Mac Jones. Like. Betting markets don't give you these opportunities. Betting markets don't give you plus 400 or plus 500 if it's a coin flip. It's yeah. not. It is not a coin flip right now. San Francisco is leaning Mac Jones I, unless I something disagree, drastically though. changes. I disagree because betting markets are based solely off of reports. Mm-hmm. If someone reports it's Mac Jones, it's obviously going to swing that way. But as we've seen in years prior, reports don't know sh- like shit about teams at the top of the draft and what they actually mean to do until maybe the day of. If okay. you hear a report, you know, like the, it was Josh Allen was the favorite three days before to go to the Browns. Like that was the odds on favorite. And it's like, they didn't know shit. Like fair. So I, I, I do think that's in this, in a scenario like this, the betting markets are just going to be like, they're going to swing wildly because it's so public perception based. Not, I don't even want to have the conversation. I've had this one too much. I don't want to have the conversation on why Justin Fields isn't in there. We believe Justin Fields is the number three overall quarterback. We believe he's the number three overall player in this class. We think if we were the San Francisco 49ers, we would take Justin Fields. Why they're not considering him, why he's not involved in these reports, it's hard to say. Is it the the dyslexia? Is it that he was held back in eighth grade? Is it that he holds the ball too long? I don't know. Regardless, you're overthinking it in my opinion. We were watching him uh, at the bar yesterday uh, at Elite 11 when he beat Trevor Lawrence. Oh, that's right. For the MVP there. He looked good then. He did look good. So, so if we look at his Lee 11 tape, he's the number three overall pick. Might exactly. even be number two. Yeah, All right, he was let's jump, than Wilson, let's jump to your number four pick here. You have the Denver Broncos trading up from nine to four with the Atlanta Falcons to grab quarterback Justin Fields. I think this is a slam dunk for the Denver Broncos. What do you imagine they'd have to give up to go grab Justin Fields at number four? I think that's a good conversation because we've talked about you know, Denver trading up a ton, New England trading up a ton. What exactly does that. Denver have to get up to go from nine to four? Like a future first and then maybe like a third. maybe Future first and a third to get a dramatic upgrade over Drew Locke. I just don't know how, why anyone would, would so, go other way. Would so go a other few way. things here. And this I've kept saying this. It's kind of like how I kept saying the 49ers are going to trade up. The Broncos are too good right now. They've Anthony Tresh, senior college analyst, 
PFF, ranked them the sixth best roster in the NFL heading into this draft. They have a very good team. They've filled out their holes defensively very well in free agency. They have a good offensive line. They have weapons. They don't have a quarterback. Drew Locke was a second-round pick. Has graded out poorly in two straight seasons to start his career. Did not improve from year one to year two. Like, there's a lot of issues in his game. And there's nothing, like, on his tape that's like, okay, yeah, he's... He was good in college. Like, we can wait. Wait this guy out. Wait for the development. It's like, there's nothing to say that the development's coming. Yeah. And the most valuable position in the NFL, you're not going to draft ninth next year. You're too good of a team. So, if you're, in the, if you're in the position, which they are, and they've taken the sort of afterthoughts every year since Manning left, Simeon, Locke, Lynch, Go get the not-so-afterthought in this class. And obviously, he's the fourth quarterback off the board, but that Justin Fields is not an afterthought at the quarterback position, let's say. For you, others, I see him falling a little bit farther than number four overall. But, again, okay, you have to the Broncos. Bucks. Before we jump to number five here, the, the interesting conversation is, you know, a lot of people want the Atlanta Falcons to stay put and take Kyle Pitts. Generational tight end prospect. Easily the best tight end prospect yeah. we've seen here at PFF in the past five years. Would you rather have Kyle Pitts at four? Obviously, this is what you're predicting. But would you rather have Kyle Pitts at four or, in this case, you have them – I'll tease the next pick at nine. You have them taking J.C. Horn, cornerback South Carolina. I think it could be between Horn and Sertan at nine. Would you rather them have – would you rather, if you're the Atlanta Falcons, take a future first and a future third and Patrick Sertan or – Kyle Pitts. That's the question. You know, I think that's the question the Falcons fans or Falcons front office has to ask. So that's why I, from again, from both perspectives here, that's why I put this trade together. It's because the Falcons need to trade back. They, they Kyle Pitts is great. Generational tight end. That offense will be tough to stop. Now, obviously, their offensive line is still an issue, but that will be a difficult offense to stop. But you still have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You have the second-worst cap situation of any team in the NFL. So bad that you're contemplating trading Julio Jones because he is a bane with his cap hits over the coming seasons. You need more than one cheap guy. And honestly, if you draft Kyle Pitts fourth overall, he's not that cheap for a tight end. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one of the higher-paid tight ends in the NFL just because that's the nature of the position. So it's the market value. Market value. Now, that, that's a different conversation, though, because it's more like he's a wide receiver. Yeah. And so I, I, I don't want to go there. But if you get, like I said, a future first, a future third, Ninth overall pick, three cheap guys that could maybe come in and be starters for you that you need. Yeah. That you need, like I said, cheap players because you have so much money invested in this roster tied up in guys like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Gray Jarrett that you can't get rid of. So let me add some further perspective there. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Grady Jarrett, their 2020 cap fig- 2021 cap figures account for 39% of the Falcons' total cap space this upcoming year. That is Sheesh. absurd. You know, that is absurd. Jake Matthews is close, too. I think he's at like 12, 13, yeah. and that puts him over like 45% or around that range of how much cap they are allocating to three to four players. That's a tough situation. You heard, uh, you know, the Falcons talk about it recently, saying we're in one of the worst cap situations we've seen. It's why we're receiving calls and willing to listen to them, so unlike Nick Casario and Houston. That's why with Thomas Dimitrov's doing podcasts with George and Eric. Whoa, hey, 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 hey. Shots fired. Reel it in, kid. Reel it in. All right, let's go to Cincinnati. But I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> All right, Cincinnati Bengals at five. You have them taking wide receiver Jamar Chase, not Panay Sewell, not Panay Sewell. It's been one of the more heated debates um, this offseason around the draft that isn't about quarterbacks. You know, do the Cincinnati Bengals, protect Joe Burrow, keep him from getting hurt again, and, and win up front, win in the trenches with Panay Sewell at number five, or yeah. do they pair him up, 
yeah. with what was the most lethal quarterback wide receiver combination we've seen in college football over the past five, ten years. And Jamar Chase adding him what he did at 19 years old. I've said this a thousand times. I'll say it another thousand old. times. What he did at 19 years old 19 against old. Trayvon Diggs, CJ Henderson, AJ Terrell, and the rest of that schedule he had in the SEC in 2019 was bananas. I don't think we will see another receiver at that age have that level of dominance for a long time because not only do you need good quarterback play but you need a rare prospect like jamar chase yeah 24 deep receptions in 2019 that's 10 more than anyone in this class had that year it's the pff record for a single season in college seven years doing this um and burrow was not good down the football field last year like he struggled part of that's because aj green was also not open but when he when he was he missed him so bite your tongue So I do think ultimately this is the pick because it's a, it's a, Hey Joe, you're a franchise guy. We're going to listen to you. We want you to fucking stay in Cincinnati. We don't want you to hold us hostage when your contract's up. I'm saving this tweet for when they do go Jamar Chase at number five, but the discourse on the site, when slash if Joe Burrow gets hurt next year, even if it's just for a couple games, is going to be disgusting. First sack. Yeah, it's going to be disgusting. Where's Benet? Joe Burrow's going to get... No, it's not even just when he gets hurt. Joe Burrow's going to get like hit from the blind side, and like it's going to be an incomplete pass, and he gets up fine, but they're going to be like, this is why. You know, this is why you don't draft... I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, Jamar Chase... I mean, you have a very... That, you know, when you have like a tough decision on your hands, and like you choose one thing over the other, and then you keep thinking about that other thing, that's going to be Cincinnati. The grass is always greener, though. Exactly. You could take Pinay Sewell, and then like if Joe Burrow's like no one's open down the football field, and we're watching like bad football play at receivers, it'll be awful. I mean, there's there's every Bengals fan will be tracking Pinay Sewell's career like a hawk, dude. Every that's a very good point. It's gonna be fun though. I mean, that's why he loves the draft, man. It's awesome. All right, let's go to number six here. You have the Miami Dolphins, which I don't think they think they thought. I don't think they thought when they traded back up to six from 12 to six, so they went from three to 12 to six, that they'd have this guy available to them. But if he is, they're going to spread the card in. Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida. I thought this was kind of the plan. It was they thought Chase or Pitts would be there. Mm -hmm. Maybe Waddle also. What about Sewell? You're hearing, obviously, they traded um, Eric Flowers yesterday, the Washington football team. That was an interesting move. And they're kicking Robert Hunt. You know, Reports are that they're kicking Robert Hunt into guard. Are they going to spread the bat on tackle? They could. Uh, I mean, they very well could, but they're in a really good spot. Though, I thought to take the move up, up. I thought the move up was for one of those blue chip receiver prospects. Now, could be wrong, but I think between Pitts and Sewell for them, yeah, I, I probably still lead Sewell with Pitts' monster. Eh, maybe for them, Pitts, I don't know, whatever. But I, I think that the plan was go get one of the receivers. Yeah, but uh, my favorite thing, the Pitts thing, to Miami. I don't think a lot of Miami Dolphins fans are saying this, but some I do see is like, what about Mike Kosicki? It's like, dude, what about Mike Kosicki? If Mike Kosicki, if every team's a Mike Kosicki away from needing yeah. to draft Kyle Pitts, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's that, that's not that, how you should view your team's roster. That, that's like know. the Jaguars having Trevor Lawrence there and being like, what about Gardner Minshew? It's very close. It's very yeah. close. That's a similar. I, mean, I also think it's similar, and we're going to get to this pick later, but I also think it's similar to um, you know, New York Giants with Darius Slate and Sterling Shepard. It's like, we don't need receiver anymore. Yes. We had a kid all day. It's like, dude, if you're a Sterling Shepard and Darius Slate away from passing on Devontae Smith, what are we even talking about? What is roster needs? What are roster needs? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Go get better, obvious upgrades. You know what we need to pivot the conversation away from? I'm, t- I'm tired of the SEO that is draft needs, team needs, upgrades. Where are the obvious upgrade opportunities for mm-hmm. a team? Because like, it's not about what you need. It's about where can you get better the most. You yeah. know, It's not like this is the biggest hole in the roster. We need someone to come yeah. in. It's like, no. This we is don't have bi- a fullback, guys. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you, it doesn't make sense to like, attack the biggest glaring need. Attack the biggest upgrade. You know, that's, that's the biggest opportunity to upgrade at a position. All right. You have now at seven. This is, I think, a prime trade down spot. Yeah. I, the Detroit Lions are a half win better. According to Las Vegas books, 
a half win better than the disaster dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans in terms of total win totals right now. Mm -hmm. They are not expected to be competent, let alone competitive next year. Have some self-awareness and realize that you know you can trade down, allocate more picks, grab more draft capital, and retool this roster because it's in no way, shape, or form in a position to compete in 2021. Trading back is a huge opportunity for them at seven. You have them trading back with New England. They go up and grab Mac Jones of Alabama. I just think, again, I've been saying it with Pats. And now I think the football team and the Bears have some desperation, too, to their quarterback situations. Football team, maybe a little more so. Um, but the Patriots, I think, definitely do. Like just with the way they've built this roster now, you, you can't pay Cam Newton if he plays well. I mean, he could, but it's kind of been strapped. So we've seen the flexibility a rookie quarterback gives you to be major players in free agency consistently. That, that's Make that move then. That, I think that's why you'd make that move. And from the, obviously, from the Lions' perspective, yeah, move him down, gaining any more picks you can with the sheer number of holes in this roster necessary now i don't think they're the second worst team in the nfl but i do think that they're in a mini rebuild of sorts all right let's jump now to number eight you have the carolina panthers taking advantage of a falling penisul morgan sitting there at number eight they can take penisul five quarterbacks off the board kyle pitts off the board and obviously um you have Jamar Chase off the board. Now, Penesul, a blue-chip talent in this class, the the obvious offensive tackle one for PFF for quite some time. You know He's been the number one guy. I know others see Rashawn Slater as the best offensive tackle in this class. But for PFF, Penesul, top 10 player in this class, number one overall offensive tackle. Panthers get better along the offensive line at number eight. Yes, and this would be a dream scenario. I think I put it in as such in my dream scenario mock I did last week. But mm. Russell Okun ain't walking through that door. Uh, obviously a free agent. Uh, Bitcoin prices rose risen a lot, so he might just he might be done. That might be it. He might hang him up and just sit on that Bitcoin he got last year. But Greg Little, his replacement, we feel good about Greg Little. I don't. I like to coming out, but you got to recognize that he hasn't been good whatsoever since he started for the Panthers. That's on me for being a little bit higher on him than where he got drafted. But Penny Sewell plug and play. Another pick I like here a lot, and I don't think I've seen mocked a ton is corner them going after Sertan or Horn at eight. What's your take there? Yeah. I mean, in this conversation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've said I want Greg Newsom at 20 rather than any of the other guys at 10. So Love if it. you're going corner, you be a trade spot for somebody now. Two to tango. We always say that. But I don't love the value of – I just don't love the value of defense early on. Defense later on, sure. But defense early on in this draft, they're not a blue, the only blue chip defensive player. We said this, Michael Parsons, is in, the, in this class. The rest are kind of. Flawed. And that's blue chip on the field. There's a lot of character stuff that, you know, is interesting. With yeah, Michael he's Parsons. more of a potato red chip. chip. Red chip? Potato, potato chip. chip works. Yeah. I think it's more vulgar than a red chip. I mean, a blue chip. I mean, a chip. I don't know what I'm saying. All right, let's get to number nine here. You have the Atlanta Falcons at nine after the trade back with Denver, taking first corner off the board, not Patrick Sertan. Sam Monson's guy. J.C. Horn, South Carolina. Uh, you have him being the first corner off the board. Why do you have the Falcons taking Horn over Sertan here? I think he has the little bit of the rarer, more rare. Which one is it? More I rare. don't know. More rare skill set. I do that. I, I should look that up because I've said that like five times now. More rare skill set than the press man ability. Teams cover that. You don't find press man ability in the fourth round. Just don't. Those guys go high. Um, it's like C.J. Henderson last year. He went ninth overall. True. Why? Press man. To me, that's... mirror, too. His mirror ability was crazy. His to me, that's horn. crazy. And so, 
think the NFL, if you're looking for that, not to say that Sertan's like chopped liver and that you can find a Sertan in the second round, but I just think what Horn brings to the table is a little bit more, a little bit different. Higher floor, though, for Sertan. Yeah, that's why we were higher. All right, number 10, you have the Arizona Cardinals trading up. Not for QB here. They're going up for a wide receiver. Cliff Kingsbury gets himself another weapon because he's rarest. It's rarer and rarest. I knew that. You didn't tell me that. (laughs) Arizona Cardinals trade up from um, 16 to 10 with the Dallas Cowboys to grab wide receiver Jalen Waddell ahead of the New York Giants, who obviously could be in a position to grab Jalen Waddell there at 11. You have them going all the way up to 10. Is this what unlocks Kyler Murray and that Cliff Kingsbury offense I've been hearing about for the past five years? Um, Possibly. I mean, is Andy I, Isabella dead? By the way, is it uh, over? Okay. Is the dream dead? Right. Easy. Easy. Is it de- I mean, if you had Jalen Waddle, is the dream dead? Yes. All right. He's not. He's not stopping me from drafting Jalen Waddle. So I'll say <laughs> Waddle's. Uh, he's just different, and the, the skill set he brings to the table is again what they're missing offensively in Arizona. They don't have a DeAndre Hopkins is a deep threat in terms of just like his ability, but he's not a deep threat threat like a guy you run an over route with a guy you run a deep crosser something like that like a, a pure go from the slot or something waddle is a deep threat in that regard in that his speeds on the field has to be accounted for and obviously like they don't have that yeah they've never utilized andy isabel in that manner now do we trust them to again utilize waddle correctly do they use do they utilize deandre know, hopkins jim. correctly i don't know jim uh but you make the play because he's that talented it is and you're you're in this is it. You got you got the rookie window right now with year three of Kyler Murray, year four of Kyler Murray. Go for it. Man, I'm looking at team futures right now. I need to see what the win totals are for Arizona because I'm fading. I'm fading. Oh. I'm still fading. The secondary is tough. Over, the secondary is tough. Over under is eight. Under eight is plus 100. I said we're going to mix in some props into this show. Under eight wins next year and a 17-game season is plus 100. Tough what have division. we seen from anyone operating in a Cardinals uniform that – oh would be I looked last year over the past two seasons bottom five lowest graded quarterback from a clean pocket guess who Kyler Murray oh you look at Cliff Kingsbury and what he did with DeAndre Hopkins last year should be he should be arrested playing him at left wide receiver almost near exclusively what he's done with Andy Isabella has been absurd like there, there has been no way shape or form here where I'm excited about what this offense has done and Kyler Murray I think is being bound behind his back because of it like it's freaking hard to watch man it's Say hard what you to watch. really mean Austin Say what I, you really I, mean. and okay so one thing I wanted to talk about here is Dallas trades down what's yeah. your opinion of that and what do you think okay. Arizona has to give up to make this move yeah again Dallas trading down is more the if you're in need of defense and obviously Dallas is. You got one hole offensively, maybe tight end. Maybe. Like they got one of the most complete offenses in the NFL. Take fire one healthy. ten. <laughs> one healthy. You trade down if you need defense at the top. If you're really wanting defense at the top, the value's just not there, in my opinion. So that's the, the, the Cowboys are good they're good at identifying talent. So we'll get to their pick at sixteen. But they they they've been a sharp if if you're just doing a in terms of pure scouting teams, they've been one of the better ones in the NFL. All right, number 11, you have the New York Giants passing on Devontae Smith. This is the first pick I was like, man, I, I don't know if I like this one. I think they'd go somewhere else. But you have them passing on Devontae Smith and grabbing off at the tackle Rashawn Slater, who we talked about at the top of the podcast. You know I have them passing on Devontae Smith for Rashawn Slater. Why? Dave Kettleman. Dave Kettleman, fair enough. Rashawn Slater, who could play, you know, a lot of people, some people see him as a guard. I know some analysts see him as a guard. Probably has to start at offensive tackle, but in this situation, he probably can't, right? I mean, you, they, where, where yeah. does he play for New York? Guard. I mean, he plays guard, center maybe. Uh, they, they just need help offensively, offensive line. Now, they could use a wide receiver. We love Devontae Smith. I don't think Dave Gettleman's drafting a 166 pound wide receiver. 
Like they're he drafts bigger dudes, physical guys. That is his. He definitely buys into that mo. He yeah. also pays big dudes. Leonard Williams yeah. getting paid a fast. No, that, like that's their scouting method. So Rashawn Slater fits that far far better than Devontae Smith. So I I, do, I don't think Devontae Smith would be the pick. Um, if both are available, I would see them going Slater. And it's just again job saving measures when you got a GM who's kind of backs against the wall. You get a player who you think fills a hole right now. And now that's not to say Rashawn Slater's a bad player. He's 11th on our draft board, so we'd be like, hey, great pick. Mm-hmm. But I will just say, like, he's going to play guard. If you draft him, if the Giants draft him, he's 99.5% playing guard or center. What do you do with that but, offensive line then? Because I think Gettleman's looking at, okay, yeah, Andrew <laughs> Thomas, number four overall pick. Can't move him tackle. inside. Yeah, you can't move him inside. Pick. Then you have Nate Solder coming back. Yeah. Nate Solder coming the back. the highest paid left tackle in the NFL when you signed him. Yeah. <laughs> then you have, uh, obviously, Will Hernandez, guy they drafted in the second round 2018 yeah. that they like a ton. And then you have Matt Pure. Guy they drafted in the third round out of UConn. Who's enormous. Who's enormous. Probably can't kick inside, can't right? Kick inside. I would be surprised if he... But let's hear, hear me out on this. Let's try and kick him inside. Just for, just for a second. Just to see yeah. how it feels. We have it, Andrew Thomas. Or no, no. Fuck. What do we so have? So Thomas left tackle. Yeah. Hernandez Andrew left Thomas, guard. Will Hernandez. Slater in center. Yeah. Peered at right guard. Sold at right tackle. I think Gettleman's looking play. at that. He's on our lads right now. He's on ourlads.com. <laughs> he's looking at that and he's like, man, I think I'm in. <laughs> no, wait, no. It's actually, that's page one of the binder. Yeah. Our lads print out is page one of that big ass binder uh. that Dave Gettleman has. All right, let's get out. We're moving too slow. I got to move some speed here. Number 12, Philadelphia Eagles after trading back from six to 12. You have them taking, which is all, I think this is a fantastic place for the Philadelphia Eagles to get what they got in return to come back, come back down, an extra first round pick and still get arguably the best cornerback in this class, Patrick Sertan of Alabama at 12. That's a slam dunk. Yeah, I just think, yes, the wide receivers on the board for you there in Devontae Smith, but going wide receiver back-to-back years can have some diminishing returns with Jalen Hurts. I, I, I might myself lean wide receiver there over Sertan. I probably would. But it's not like your secondary's hot shakes either. Like you got to win one way or the other. you got to stop the pass or pass. Uh, so choose one of those two here. Um, like Sertan, the floor is... It's just the highest floor of this cornerback class, in my opinion. I, someone, I think it was Justice Mosqueda, who is a fantastic follow on Twitter for the banter. Uh, he tweeted out something about the Eagles and that, or, or he tweeted something originally about the Lions. How are you going to convince fans to watch Jared Goff throw the Geronimo Allison, Quintez Cephas, and Tyrell Williams next year for six, 17 games? And then he replied with the Eagles situation Jalen Hurts to Rager, Fulgham, and like Greg Ward. I think mean, it's their slot right now. Like that, that's a well, bleak situation. GG Ortega Whiteside. Or, sorry, Ortega Whiteside. If, if we're fading, if Andy Isabella, the dream is dead for. Him, I don't know if we do. I need to quote Jordy Nelson's stats through two seasons. No, again? no, because I will. Not, let's not. Let's not. We're we're already moving too slow. All right, Los Angeles Chargers at thirteen. I like this one a lot. I think they'd like Rashawn Slater at this pick if they could. But if not, they go after USC offensive tackle Elijah Vera Tucker. Likely gets kicked inside to guard at the next level. But I mean, there's an opportunity to play him at tackle two out of the gate. I I, I don't think it's smart to initially play really good offensive tackles on the interior. No, there he played tackle, and I think that's. Keep him so the curse of people going to LA. He's already in LA. Like he, he, True. He eschews the sort of wow injury risk that Some comes with being a Chargers offensive lineman because he's already been around the facility. You know, mm-hmm. he's already kind of been in the area. So I do think that yeah, that's. But but outside of that, he's super solid. Like you're just getting a very good offensive lineman tackle. Yeah, he's got short arms, thirty two and a quarter inches. Not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but 
he's more NFL ready than guys with 35 inch arms in this class. Let me tell you that for sure. Yeah. Looking at Elijah Vera Tucker's draft prop, according to DraftKings Sportsbook, his over under is set at 15 and a half. I would lean the under at minus 112. I would lean the under. Can you imagine? Because the, the, Viking, the Vikings yeah. passing would be surprising. Yeah. The, uh, the Giants, Chargers, and Vikings all passing on Elijah Vera Tucker would be very surprising. Yeah. It would be very, very surprising. All right. Let's jump to the Vikings. You have them taking Christian Derrissaw off the tackle for Virginia Tech. Words that come up with him is that he's just like he is a bully but doesn't know it i feel like there's you know tevin jenkins is a bully and he knows it and maybe he doesn't look like that i know a lot of people have thrown those images around with him in the glasses in the library or whatever but like derisaw will throw dudes around and it doesn't look like he's trying and i talked to him about uh his specifically his matchup with quincy roche from miami Mm -hmm. he said you know i locked in for that one i knew i had to come in and and just rough him up and and destroy him i think inside maybe not on film inside the guy's got the heart of a lion and he's out there grinding because i do think that he shows up Every single week this past year, the highest graded, pa- you know, highest graded run blocker in all of uh, college football this past year at off the tackle. Really impressive stuff from Derisaw. I don't know why people are fading him a little bit. Some people have him falling to the back end of the first. I think Derisaw, if he's still on the board by Vegas at 17, they honestly go all in. I, I love so the Bob McGinn articles if you haven't read them on The Athletic. Where oh, yeah, he gets he, the anonymous he, scout quotes and has the rankings from guys inside the league. The, one of the anonymous scout quotes about him was he's so casual. He just effortless with everything he does. And it really is. That's and it. That's, why that's it. He reminds me a lot of, and I've said this, I think it's comp to draft. It reminds me a lot of Eric Flowers' college tape. Now, Eric Flowers was borderline lazy as well. It was the knock on him then with the New York Giants. I don't think that's the case with Derisaw. Like, I, I don't think it's that. It's just he has, he throws a guy and then he's like, cool with it. He's just like, yep, fucking killed you. Whatever. Yeah. That's, it's, it's wild fun. to watch. It's yeah. crazy because you watch, like, Tevin Jenkins, again, this is not a slight towards Tevin Jenkins but like it looks a little bit more intentional for whatever reason it looks yeah. a little more high effort on Jenkins tape with Derisaw and I was like dudes are just bouncing off the kid it's crazy and then really, from the Vikings perspective you got Rashad Hill starting left tackle that's not great so this one feels this feels like a gotta have it what's your opinion pick. too like I mean Derisaw's I think I hate I, again we talk about ceiling and upside probably too much than we should but like I also feel like his floor is very high like Derisaw is a very, very good off to tackle for Virginia Tech this past year, graded super well. I don't think a lot of that changes in the NFL. Like, how does Derisaw not pen out? You know, I, I think he's a guy that's similar, maybe held, should be held in similar regard to Elijah Vera Tucker, where everyone's just like, yeah, he's really yeah. good. Like, Derisaw, I think, should be considered almost similarly. All right, Detroit Lions, they trade back. Obviously, with the New England Patriots, Patriots came up for Mac Jones. This is an interesting one. He falls this far. Detroit's in a really good spot. And this is exactly why you trade down in these situations. While teams are you know, locking into their evaluations, locking into one of the top five quarterbacks in this class, a team like Detroit that is in not going to be competing for a Super Bowl next year. Fun fact. I hate anyone in Michigan who doesn't see that. lost a lot of lines. I'm sorry about that. But for a team that's not going to be competing for a Super Bowl next year, you could trade back. And still at 15, they grab wide receiver Devontae Smith. First Heisman winner at wide receiver since Desmond Howard. One of the most polished polished receivers in this class, a technician as a route runner. Yes, he's 166 pounds, but it doesn't matter. I talked to Sean Wade. I'll tell you right now, Sean Wade doesn't think it matters. He he knows real quick that Devontae Smith can cook you up and down. Eric Stokes said the same damn thing. It's like, this does not matter. The weight does not matter. Chad Johnson has said that as well. Like, I do think that... Chad Johnson was straight lying, though. He did not play at 170 pounds or whatever he said. You want to call Chad Johnson out right now? He came out at, like, 195 at the combine. Look at the camera. He didn't lose 25 pounds in the NFL. I don't believe that for a second. I'm just saying. Look at, Chad, jo- look at what Chad Johnson looked like. Habits, and look at what Devontae Smith looked like on a football field. And there's a massive difference. I'll just say that. But You're Devont- calling Chad Johnson a liar. Yeah, that was a lie. Interesting. That was, that Interesting. was, that was an take. exaggeration of a 
It was a half truth. Uh, she got a flicker. Did you see? Did you see that light flicker? Chad Johnson's in the room. <laughs> she wasn't right. since earlier. All right, but let's. Uh, Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. Quintez Cephas. Devontae's a little bit better. Really. All right, uh, let's go to 16. Dallas Cowboys traded back down. Arizona coming up for Jalen Waddell. Really good spot here for Dallas. They grabbed Christian Barmore of Alabama, the 12th-ranked player on PFF's draft board. We, of any analyst on the athletic consensus board, are higher than Barmore Oh yeah, at 12. And for good reason. The NFL is high on Barmore. I think he's going to get drafted inside the top 20 picks because of how bad this defensive tackle class is. At 16 to Dallas, I like this pick a lot. Yeah, we've talked about a lot about why we're high on Barmore. If you want to go back to the DT pods, just he had a higher pass rushing grade than Javon Kinlaw and Derek Brown to coming out. Playing only SEC games. Not a single game last year against non-SEC competition. That's how that worked. Wait. The playoff. Notre Dame and Ohio State, though. We're probably the two best offensive lines he faced. So, only no cupcakes to beat up. And he had the higher pass rushing grade than those two. So, talented player. Cowboys. Obvious need. They had the worst defense tackles in the NFL last year. Any team I watched. It wasn't even close. Tristan Hill did not see a double team that he didn't want to end up eight yards down the field against last year. They, they just had no one who could hold their ground in the middle there. So got to do it. It's got to have it. They, you've really barely addressed. I mean, Neville Gallimore, you can expect some development from here in year two, but I, I don't think Tristan Hill is ever going to be your guy there. Like, yeah. I just don't think that's happening. No, I think it's a great pick. I'm looking over some of the YouTube comments and Twitter comments on the live stream right now. People are upset about there's no way Devonte Smith Falls, falls past and falls to 15. Okay. The, okay. Right yes. now, Devontae Smith, over 11.5 on DraftKings Sportsbook, is minus 143. It's more likely it's that more he like falls him. past yeah. 12 or 12 or f- f- farther. Under is plus 115. The market is telling you, go bet it. I hate the no way crowd. If you are a part of the no way crowd on Twitter, go onto Shimori your Mountains. nearest sportsbook or offshore and, then rub and it bet in your it. Face. Like if you don't think Devontae Smith's going to f- get past 11, bet it. You're, you're in favor right now. Plus 115. Go make a play. Put your money where your mouth is. You know, put your money where your mouth is. If you think only if it's legal in your state. Yep. Oh yeah. Of course. Um, all right. Moving down the mock here, we have number seventeen, Las Vegas Raiders. I've heard Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa as an option here, but so you have Micah Parsons, the potato yeah. chip off the field, blue chip on the field, following the Las Vegas Raiders. They sprint a card in, fella. If yeah. he is available at seventeen. I don't care how big Corey Littleton's contract yeah. was. I don't care how big Nick Witkowski's contract was. We were bringing in Micah Parsons, and we're doing it now. And guess what? Tone setter. Micah Parsons, with Unique Ngakwe on this team, Max Crosby on this team, Carl Nassib on this team, and also um, Khalil Furl on this team, is the best pass rusher by a mile, <laughs> by an absolute mile. Micah yes. Parsons comes in, and he's easily the most productive pass rusher on this team. I love the clip we tweeted out uh, from the Manning Cubs, actually from Ben Fennell originally, where it's, he gets slammed by Kenneth Gainwell oh, yeah, that's right. on a chip. But he still throws the right tackle back into the quarterback's lap, even though he got shipped like a fucking social, monster. Social teams just chasing clicks, big dog. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. But Parsons is that dude. He's it at linebacker, what you want. 11-inch hands. You know what they say he about linebackers? Bring up his with, hands. You know what they say just... about linebackers with big hands, though? Big feet? Big tackle radius. Oh, big tackle radius. That's right. That's right. I apologize. I had the same feedback, honestly. I get a lot of that feedback yeah. um, on Tinder and stuff like that. They actually have hand size on Tinder now, which is cool. Like, I like to add it in. What do you at? Eight and, eight and three-eighths? Fourteen. Which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to the Miami Dolphins here picking at um, 18. They have, you know, we've talked a lot about I don't want to be the team that takes the first edge off the board. Quiddy Pay of Michigan is built like an alien. And at 18, I'm fine with it, honestly. At that pick, I think 18 is where I start to feel really comfortable taking Quiddy Pay off the board. I know he's a project. I know he needs to get a lot better. You still need to see so much more from Quiddy Pay for him to be a Khalil Mack or Von Miller in the NFL. Yeah. But at 18, I think it's worth the risk. It's worth the flyer for the Miami Dolphins at 18. Yeah, and I think the fit here, 
I also like in that on stunts, slants, anything like with a blitz package, he's a monster on. Just because that athleticism plays in that regard. He's getting home so damn quickly, like in non-one-on-one situations. Obviously, he has to develop his pass, as a pass rusher in that regard. But I think for that scheme, he is the guy you want in this draft class. With those movement skills, his ability to drop in coverage, which we saw on his uh, Instagram the other day, was just the guy moves like a safety in space. It, it's insane to see. So I, I think he's just a very good fit for them. Might even go earlier in this draft, honestly. All right, jumping now to the Washington football at 19, you have them grabbing linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Kormoa, adding to what is possibly one of the most insane it's the best front, front sevens. Yeah, yeah, front sevens in football. If they draft, JOK. Yeah. I think JOK is an awesome fit there. I'm going to skip past that. Let's move. We got to move. We got to we got to turn and burn here. Chicago. We have them taking edge. Jalen Phillips, Miami. Yes. So, I think the teams that are going to want Phillips are the teams that could use Phillips right now. You're not going to draft Phillips and try to stash him like as a developmental guy, which a lot of these guys are in this edge class. The Bears are a team that needs to win right now. Like they need to save their jobs at head coach and GM. And so, if you're out in the quarterback class, you don't get to you know you can't get up to seven. You're not going to be able to outbid the Patriots. And then it's cooked. Yeah, maybe wait second, third round, draft one of those guys. But you got to get an impact guy right now. And I think Phillips is that could go cornerback here too. But I wanted to save cornerback for the next pick. You save cornerback for the next pick. All right, you have the um, Green Bay Packers trading up with the Indianapolis Colts, taking Greg Newsom, your guy. I don't know. This is a home. This is what you what? think. This is not what? what you think will happen. I, this is what you want okay. to happen. Okay. They've traded up three straight first rounds. <laughs> Green Bay Packers targeted their guy. That is Gutekunst's mo. He has comes in the first round with maybe like four dudes on a sheet, and it's like we're going to get one of these possibly. I don't know what he actually does, but seemingly that's what he's done. And I, Greg Newsom would be one of their guys. He fits their cornerback mold that they have coveted. Fits that defense to a fucking T. What they do. And so if he's falling all the way to 21, I think they make a play. Now, tea leaves are going Elijah Moore to them too, which you know damn well that I would love to see that. But mm-hmm. I do think if they're trading up, it would be for a cornerback in this class because of the scarcity. We've talked about the scarcity of yeah. cornerback because of the scarcity. Newsom or Elijah Moore to Green Bay is the move. That's the one that gets you excited uh, on draft night. That's the one it's been a while since I've had a pick that the Packers Jair had. Jair Alexander, I, like, I remember you, Jair we were hanging hot. out then. That was, uh, I got hot with Jair. I, I think that same year we had Cleveland Furl and the Raiders. Big big fan of that one. All right, um, let's go ahead. No, that was the, the year same? before that. That was the year before that. I don't know who they took that year before. Raiders, no, Raiders took Colton Miller. Colton yeah, Miller. Passed who on actually Derwin. has been their best pick of the past? Passed on Derwin James. I just remember Derwin James being on the clock and the Packers having that pick and I was losing my mind. Dude, could have been sick. All right, Tennessee. Still, fine. Tennessee Titans, I've seen this one mocked a ton. Pretty chalky here. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, Ole Miss. Yeah, the Ole Miss boys back together. Have to. And they're good complementary pieces to each yeah. other. And I think perfect for that offense with the play action. I think they need game. to add some firepower, man. They need yeah. to lock into a pass some, catcher. Some juice. Yeah. Some juice across from A.J. Brown go a long way, especially just for A.J. Brown's sake also with yeah. the way they run that offense. I mean, they, they, can we talk a little bit more? Okay, we brought up win, win totals a little bit here. Can we talk a little bit more about Tennessee Titans? And, like, I've said it a handful of times about them potentially bound for a little regression. Right now, their win total set is nine and a half. The under is juiced to minus 150, but still. Dude, I can't even conceptualize wins right now with 17 games. That's fair. 10 and 7? But can we talk what about the fuck can we is pa- that? talk about Tennessee Titans a little okay. bit longer? John Smith, gone. Corey yeah. Davis, gone. Starting cornerback Malcolm Butler, gone. Adoree Jackson, starting cornerback, gone. But he didn't like start all the games last year. Arthur Smith, 
gone. Yeah, like, this is that's th- a big. Th- like this, this team has lost not a lot. The only like mainstays are Brown, uh, Ryan Tannehill, and Derrick Henry. And obviously, the offensive line has stayed intact as well. Their like, saving grace here is that the Texans might not win a game. Yeah, two wins there. Uh, the Colts went from Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz. A lateral move, if and anything. lost their left tackle. It, lateral move at best. Yeah, at best. So they they don't have like a place where it's like they got better there. It's like mm, they're going backwards a little bit. Um, and then the Jaguars obviously coming up in that division, but I don't know. The Titans are still. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just tough, that division. It's tough. It, yeah. I, I don't think this, regardless of how many games they win. Under the, under's not a terrible bet there. It's not a terrible bet, but also, I, regardless of how the games they win, it could be a situation like Pittsburgh, where like this just getting, I don't know, like they, I, I could see them winning games, and but like not necessarily based on like legit yeah. like strength of scale. Like they're, they're not going to be probably one of the higher ranked teams from a power rankings perspective um, next year, according to PFF. All right, off the Titans, off the Titans fade. Um, <clears throat> New York Jets at 23. You have them. They're taking off the tackle Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State, to pair up with Makai Becton. I know, building in the trenches, baby. This one's almost just like self-pity pick. It's like, could you imagine Makai Becton and Tevin Jenkins just run power with them? Or not power. What's a play where they both get involved? Run over Makai Becton, throw him over on the right side, uh, unbalanced formation, and then run power. Have them double team a, a fucking six tech? My God. I'm ready. Oh, I'm okay. ready. Yeah, I don't. Know, I mean, that's just they're they're that get Zach Wilson some help one way or another with that 23 pick. It's a valuable pick. Can be a guy that can make an impact right away. Get him some help. Don't mm-hmm. go the Darnold route. All right, 24. This is what you think will happen, not what you would do. Running back Najee Harris of Alabama. It's Najee, Najee, not Najee, not Naj. I haven't heard Najee a ton. Najee. It's Najee. Najee Harris of Alabama going to the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. This is a pick that. Again, if this happens on Thursday, George Chihuri is probably going to lose his mind. But this is a pick that Cuts could happen, and this is what you're predicting. Yeah. You have – but here can – I, can I say this? Right now, he's like, I think, the 65th-ranked player on PFF's board, either RB2 or RB3, in that tier with Javante Williams, Travis Etienne, and obviously there, Najee Harris. This is what I'll say. PFF gets a lot of flack, a lot of flack for having Najee Harris in the 60s and not being the number one running back in this class. I'm going to look at the camera. I, Chris Sims' opinion – is awesome and I love how unique it is and he does his own work and that in and of itself deserves respect. All that shade you throw at PFF has Javian Hawkins of Louisville ahead of Najee Harris. You know, there, there, is worse <laughs> sh- that, there is worse shade to be had out there, okay? I mean, if you want to give PFF heat for having Najee Harris ranked low, why don't you pivot just a, just a percentage, just a small percentage to having Javian Hawkins over Najee Harris. That, again, people view this running back class differently. Don't be overconfident in your valuation. I know you think Najee Harris is the second coming of Saquon Barkley. It's not true. People view this class differently. Najee Harris, not even the best running back in this class. 65th on PFS board, in large part to positional value, but also because Javante Williams is better. Well, also, okay, how many truly dynamic running backs in the NFL truly, like, overcome their offensive line guys run on the four sixes? Yeah. He's a four six running back. He's, he's a talented dude. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll be a fine NFL running back. But if you're thinking you're getting Adrian Peterson, if you're thinking you're getting uh, MJD in his prime, who ran a four three nine, like you, if you think you're getting one of those guys, Najee Harris does not have that explosive ability. He just strip flat out does not. That's you. That guy turns into like the, just you're capped then. Yeah. When you are not, when you're running in a mid four six, like Josh Jacobs, we saw last year what happened when he ran behind a battle line three point nine per. Yuck. 
And again, that's not to say that's not to say that Najee Harris is not a talented player. I mean, he's tier yeah. one in the running back class here. I do think that very good player, one that I'd be willing to take where, back end of the second. Where you draft. Exactly. Yeah, it's back where end of the second, him. top of the third. I'm feeling really good. You put you take him at one when when you're a Steelers team that has more holes than you can count offensively, where you can get better along the offensive line. Yeah. Get, I think it's the you players get defensively. The players you're passing on. I mean, the the Pittsburgh Steelers have relatively two decent needs or two two decent upgrade po- uh, possibilities at offensive tackle and pass rusher. Two valuable positions. Two of the highest paid non-quarterback positions in the NFL. I do think that that would be a better option than Najee Harris. Yeah. And, and people out. are going to also say Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry was 247 pounds, 22 pounds heavier, ran a 4.52, had a 10-10 broad jump, like one of the all-time athletes at the running back position. Like he's not Derrick Henry. He also went in the second that. round. And Derrick Henry, Henry went, went in the second round. round. So yeah. I, I, anyway, all right. Let's move off of this Najee Harris pick here. Let's jump now to the back end of the mock. Your final mock. It's crazy. End of end of an era. Twenty twenty one NFL draft is coming to a close. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars. You have them taking. I've seen this one a ton. I think I had him going in my latest mock draft here. Yeah. Trayvon Merrick of TCU going to the Jacksonville Jaguars at twenty five. Need scheme fit. Joe Collin, the new DC coming over from Baltimore. Obviously, they use safeties as hybrid weapons there throw them all over the football field so a lot of sense here obviously you'd like to get trevor some help but they're they're good enough they're not the jets right now offensively yeah. i don't i wouldn't say like they have they, they, they like honestly like, don't have any holes along their offensive line they might not have any great players like they might like right tackle left tackle right guard are kind of still like eh you could upgrade but you don't have glaring holes to upgrade there all right, moving quickly here. Let's go, go over the next three picks at a time. we got to yeah. get to some draft props here before 9.30. True. We have to. Cleveland Browns, you have them taking linebacker Jamin Davis of Kentucky. Baltimore with the 27th overall pick, taking wide receiver Rashad Bateman of Minnesota. And then at 28, cornerback Asante Samuel Jr. of Florida State goes to New Orleans Saints. Talk to me about those three picks. If Jamin Davis, this type of linebacker goes in the first round when you're that athletic. Um, and that's the type of linebacker, like, if you're going to draft, they're the ones – the elite linebackers in the NFL are again those guys that can do it all athletically. Um, I liked him in the run game. I still think he's a project. Like it might not be sweet out the gate with what he was asked to do in Kentucky. The fact that he's one year of starting in, in his entire college career. Few snaps years played of any of PFF's top six linebackers. Kind of wild. Nine hundred career snaps. Yeah, but uh, that's kind of. I mean, the Browns are needless at this point. They can go anywhere. Uh, that's why we ranked them second best roster in the NFL and probably caught some flack at Trash. Well done. But Anthony Trash taking taking ricochets. Ravens, Bateman, dream scenario for them. I just think his catch radius, route running ability, NFL readiness, that's what that's what you need at wide receiver right now. You don't want to wait for Miles Boykin to develop. Like you don't want to pick like that. A project. Even like a Terrace Marshall would be a little bit too much of a project in my opinion. Um although I wouldn't hate Terrace Marshall but the injury stuff we said. And the Saints, Samuel I think he sneaks in the first round. His tape's too good. Size, someone's going to be willing to forgive that. And the need is obvious there. you got Patrick Robinson, pe- pe- pigeonholed, penciled in on the outside right now. You don't want to blame on the outside. That dude hasn't played outside in like eight years or something. So go go for Asante Samuel. All right. Jumping down. Now, next few picks here are going to read off the last four. Indianapolis Colts after trading down with Green Bay Packers. Off the tackle, Walker Little. PFF's guy. You're going to have to bang the table for this guy. This is going to be your Ortega Whiteside if he doesn't pan out. Stanford what? guy, too. I mean, 
Well, that's that's probably, it high on these Stanford guys. Well, you Walker Little Walker right now is the twenty sixth or twenty seventh ranked player on PFF Sport, twenty sixth, twenty seventh, and on the Athletic yeah. Consensus Board, he's in the nineties. So you better be ready to rock yeah, and roll. Sure. Okay, Walker Little comes out of the gate slow. You better be standing up proud, ready to rock. All right, Buffalo Bills at thirty. Eric Stokes, cornerback of Georgia, sticking in there, and then Baltimore Ravens at thirty one. Edge Jason Owe. So they turn Orlando Brown Jr. And a handful of other and some change to come up and grab Jason Owe, Penn State, one of the more freaky players. Not even going to say edge defender, players in this class. His human athletic testing, ever. yeah, human beings. His athletic testing is absurd. Um, and then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This I, I love this pick for them. Edge Carlos Basham Jr. Positional, you know, positional versatility. Can play multiple gaps. One of the older prospects in this class, but man, I do think that he's a guy that for a team that is in a window. You know, yeah. Car, you know Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a window. Go get. Guys, you can start early. Carlos Basham Jr. right now is one of the, you know, I think him, Rashad Weaver, those two guys are, are, are two edge defenders that maybe don't have the same ceiling as an Oway or some of these other guys, but they can come in and play really good football right now. I think Basham Jr. at Tampa Bay is another pick I really like. Yeah, he sees the field there for them, and that's something that they obviously are going to covet. Um, with Little, Colts have even said, and that's why they trade down. Ballard just always trades down. They've said that. There's a lot of guys in this tack class they think are good. Like there's a lot of guys think can come in and pass protect right away. And I agree. I'm of that opinion as well. So I think trade down, just grab the next one on your board, and that to me would be Walker Little. Eric Stokes of the Bills, one of the best tacklers in the entire draft class at the cornerback position. I've seen his own defense, you're gonna have to tackle a lot. Five missed tackles on eighty nine attempts in his career. Four three speed. A lot to work with there for them. And then the Ravens, they've developed edge talent better than maybe anyone. Maybe the best edge talent developing team in the NFL. And so no better spot to for Jason Owe to go than there. That's the mock. That is the mock. Final 2021 NFL mock draft from Mike Renner. Make sure you follow Someone. Mike Renner on Twitter, PFF underscore Mike. If you listen to this podcast, you likely follow Mike on Twitter. We're going to be live streaming the draft live. We're going to be talking about every single pick thursday night friday night saturday night and we're gonna do a three-hour recap show on sunday we're gonna need a full box of medical grade smelling salts to make it through this week and definitely support pff that you can find that stream on pff.com youtube or twitter you can also use promo code draft 30 for 30 percent off any pff subscription on pff.com right now through monday um before we jump we got about eight minutes here before we got to get off i want to talk some draft props with you some bets some interesting some interesting opportunities for us to look at here i'm going to just go through the draft specials to be honest i think that's where you get the most opportunity to look at where these guys are going to go and i'm going to start with hmm panay sewell Right now, Panay Sewell, his over-under is set at 6.5, minus 112 either side. If you had to bet the Panay Sewell prop at 6.5, which way are you leaning? After that Flowers trade, I'll go under 6.5. Okay. Go under 6.5. Najee Harris, Alabama running back. Is it 24.5? 25.5. Oh, so under, the Jaguars Under is plus 100. Too. Man, if the Jaguars drafted him, I would be fucking pissed. I, I, I believe Harris to the Steelers. Now... Can you go anywhere? Would anyone else really draft him before that? I don't think so, but I truly do. Like the Steelers are not, they're not an analytically driven team. They are a, they are about as pure a scouting traits tools team as still exists in the NFL. They have their guys, their board. Don't listen to outsiders. What uh, Kevin Colbert was saying, they used to look at mock drafts to try to figure out what other people are doing. They don't anymore. That's how you draft Trell Edmonds and Artie Burns in the first round, by the way. But neither here nor there. They are about as 
like I said, traits and internally driven as any team. So if it comes out that they like Najee Harris, probably a good fucking chance they like Najee Harris. That's very true. That's very true. 25 and a half, and that under is plus 100. I'd probably lean that pretty heavy, yeah. dude. I think I like that a lot. And then J.C. Horn, uh, his over-under set at 12 and a half. The under, juiced to minus 148, so the favorite there. Take it. And then you have He's going under 12 the and a half. over 12 and a half plus 115. He's going under 12 and a half. Just is. That's the, the skill set's going under 12 and a half. All right. Both two players at 10 and a half. Jalen Waddle and Patrick Sertan. The Ooh. over for Sertan is plus 125, though. That one's tough. I kind of like the over for Sertan. Really? <sighs> over 10 and a half for Sertan. Eh, that one's tough, though, because corners are in this class are kind of scarce. I'm kind of. The over was juice, though, you said? Plus one? Yeah, juice to plus 125. I'll take the over then there. The Waddle one was. Which? What was the. Waddle is at. Over under uh, the over is at minus one hundred six. The under at minus one eighteen. I hate this word. For those who don't bet a ton, I feel like I need to level set on what the fuck this means. So the bigger the minus number, the more negative the number is. They're saying the more likely it is, and the less money they're going to give you in. Return. How much you have to bet to make a hundred dollars? Yes. How much you have to bet to make a hundred dollars is 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 a great way of explaining it. Better um, way than explaining it. That's literally what it means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I lean under there though, like that. We talked about Waddle and his kind of now. Which team drafts him is the problem. Is the kind of only problem there. Um, Carolina probably not going to draft. Denver probably not going to draft wide receiver. Cowboys probably not going to draft wide receiver. Shit, I'm talking myself into the over now. Uh oh. Uh oh. Let's go over. All right, let's go over. All right, let's uh, a couple more here before we jump. Michael Parsons over under thirteen and a half. Over, dude. That that one seems like easy money at this minus one hundred three for the over. Do it. Do it. That okay? So Mike Parsons gets drafted. Immediately, first thing that your local news reports about Michael Parsons is that uh, he had, was involved in a bullying stand, scandal where apparently he put his penis around other men in the locker room's buttocks. That's immediately what gets reported if you draft Michael. Parsons. Not ideal. I'm just saying, allegedly, that's that was an alleged account from a former teammate at Penn State. That, you're drafting that tenth overall. I'm just, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it like that. Just seems like that's why I'm going to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, that's why you haven't fallen a little bit further. All right, a couple more players here, and we'll get out of here. Azizo Jolari, obviously with the recent news about the knee stuff, his over under set at twenty five and a half. Over dude, after the knee stuff again. The edge class is kind of just throw it up in the air, yeah. see what sticks, and and if a guy has an injury. Well, you're going to go with another guy because they're all very similar levels. I think another over-under is interesting is uh, Jalen Phillips at 19 and a half. Minus 112 to go over either way or over-under either way. Interesting. Oh, that's Could Washington awful. make a play? I kinda, Minus 112. Washington's not going to pick another edge, are they? <laughs> now, so the interesting teams there for him would be uh, Minnesota. Uh, if, this, if they don't go O-line. I think the Cardinals, mildly interesting. Washington wouldn't. The Dolphins could though too, so those teams are all in the mix for him. Uh, I'd be, I'd lean over on that one. All right, a couple more, and then we're out. Yeah. Travis Etienne over under thirty and a half. Over, dude. I'd be floored if he goes in the first round. His tape this past year, he just he gained too much weight. He used to get down to like two hundred again. He okay. got up to two fifteen. Don't need to be two fifteen. You could be Jamal Charles running at two hundred in the NFL and be money. Get to slim down, Travis. All right, Elijah Vera Tucker, last one, over under 15 and a half. Man, that is a low number for him. But, like, we talked about it. Is he going to fall past the Giants, the Chargers, and the Vikings? I'd be surprised. I'd go, I'd go under on that one. Under? It is. All right, that's going to do it for the final 
two-for-one drafts podcast episode before the 2021 NFL draft to give some insight on our schedule. Mike and I are going to be recording a podcast after every single day of the draft. Day one, day two, and day three. We'll likely do one then. We'll skip Sunday, and then we'll do another one on Monday. I'm getting hammered on Sunday. Dude, we're going to get absolutely... Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, moving off of that, it's going to be a fun weekend. Man. Make sure you go to pff.com, YouTube. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, helping us out a ton in that regard. Until next time, until after the draft, until after the first round, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, producer Mike Quinn, in spirit, producer David Sofaro, two foreign drafts. Mm-hmm.